and welcome to Jumpstart Weekly, the weekly manga podcast where each week we read all of the chapters on Viz's Shonen Jump website, as well as something else. My name is Jeremy. And I'm your host, Kevin. We read My Hero Academia Volume 5 this week, because My Hero Academia will continue until morale improves. I mean... Until it's December. The last episode was pretty great of the anime. It was pretty good. I will agree. I forgot about what's going to happen next episode, and I'm super excited for it now. Nice. I, I do rem- I'm do. i still super excited for it, and I actually do know what happens. No, I know what happens next. I know. You just you forgot. I saw the last time, because I'd been meaning to watch the ending sequence for My Hero, but I hadn't got around to it. Gotcha. So I watched it this week, and I saw the preview, and I was like, oh, yeah. For some reason, I didn't think that happened until much later. No, I knew that happened, and then, like, because they might be throwing stuff just not slightly out of order, but like I knew that happened fairly early in this arc. No, it seems right. When I saw the next time, I was like, oh, yeah. I thought that happened in the underground bunker for whatever reason then. It no. definitely doesn't. So we did read My Hero Academia this week, but before that, we have some other stuff to get to. Starting with Demon Slayer, Chapter 182, Rage. What did you think of Demon Slayer this week, Kevin? I liked Demon Slayer this week. I, I- really liked... Some of the art was really cool. Like, I loved the kind of, like, snake arm blade thing that Muzan's got going on. And then I like the turn at the end. Yeah, the turn at the end was really good. I liked the whole chapter. Yeah, uh, very solid. I liked Moses Shonen Jump a lot this week, which is good since I've been a, a ho-hummer the last couple of weeks. I liked most of Shonen Jump all right this week. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe, maybe, I mean, they're still publishing Tokyo Shinobi Squad, so... And some other things that I was just kind of like, uh, uh. We'll get to that. Those we'll save for Jump Card. Most of those we'll save for Jump Card anyway. But yeah, I really like the turn at the end as well with like Muzan having been tricked. Yeah. And the nature of that. And everybody is here now. By everybody, I mean these four people. Yep. But I think all the remaining Hashiras are here. Well, our... The ones who were fighting oh, no, sorry. Moon 1 aren't here. You're right. The the Wind Hashira and the Stone Hashira aren't here yet. Yeah. But I also like their plan, which seems like it might work now, is, all right, so we can't kill Muzan by decapitating him, so we have to get him into sunlight somehow, even though it's like 10 o'clock at night, so we need to make this fight last until dawn, and just the turn of like, oh, hey, by the way, I'm now taking control of the person controlling this palace. You're fucked. <laughs> Like, well, at least I'm going to open a window. <laughs> I do kind of wonder, because going to your thing about it being 10 o'clock at night, I feel like Muzan could get indoors again. I feel like they have to time ejecting him. I don't think it's take act- advantage of having control of it for as long as they can. Well, if he's able to, like, make her destabil- like destabilize the fortress and then kill her so that she can't summon another one, Muzan's kind of screwed if it's like... All right, cool. It's now like 4 a.m. Dawn's coming and there aren't any buildings around. Well, yeah, but I'm saying they have to last till like 4 a.m. Yeah. First. I really like I don't the know. chapter, though. I think it's much later than 10. Like, I was joking. Like, it because the yeah. assault started at night. Yeah, I have no idea. You know, time in manga is funny. Yes. Almost like time in anime. How long did it take Namek to blow up? A while. <laughs> Anything else you wanted to say about Demon Slayer this week, Kevin? No, like I said... I really liked the art. I really like Muzan's kind of like, especially not because it's just these weird snake arm blade things. There's also like mouths attached to him. So he's like biting chunks out of people as he's cutting them to pieces. Yeah. 
that will bring us that pleasant image to My Hero Academia number 249, The Hellish Todoroki Family, because My Hero was nice enough to give us a Shoto chapter on this week. Yes. We're going to be talking about Shoto a lot. What did you think about My Hero this week, Kevin? It was pretty good. There was definitely some really good stuff going on, but it wasn't super, like, I didn't feel it was super amazing. Like, I I did like the chapter, though. Really? Because I actually really liked this chapter as well. I really like, we're getting more and more end of her stuff, and, I mean, that's just normal now. But I like him being like, yeah, I keep having this dream where my family is all having dinner together and they're happy, but I'm never there. Yeah. And I also love Bakugo this entire time, where he's like, why do we have to come here? And Shoto's like, well, she wanted to invite my friends over for dinner. He's like, tell her we're not actually friends. <laughs> Which is very good. That was great. Then also he's like, you're ruining the dinner. <laughs> yeah. Don't you understand how manners work? <laughs> yeah. Like, I am a guest in your home. You're supposed to save the awkward talking about your family's problems until after I leave. Yeah. And I also like, this is mostly serendipity, but Bakugo flashing back to the stuff we read last week where he's overhearing Todoroki telling all his family problems to Midoriya. Yeah. And they're like, you heard that? He's like, yeah, you were very loud. <laughs> You were yeah. being very shonen when you talked about that. Yeah. So yeah, like I I did actually really like this chapter, but And how familiar are you slash where are you on the Dobby is end of her son theory? Nowhere. If I just say that, do you know what I don't know what the theory the... is. Like well, I can the understand is that the Dobby is end of her what is probably this dead kid we see at the end of this chapter. I I could see that, maybe. I it's just it's a theory I find interesting, and so that we now know Endeavor has a son that he has a shrine to. I presume he's dead. Yeah, that is interesting to me. Given that theory, it could be cool, but a lot of the times I find those fan theories end up failing in a lot of ways. Obviously, because they're fan theories. Like sometimes they're right on the mark, and I always I was going to say sometimes the fourth Hokage is Naruto's dad, though. Yeah, like like I said, sometimes they're right on the mark, but a lot of the time that's just because people literally throw so many fan theories at the wall that eventually one of them is like, well, I mean, if we liver- literally cover every possibility, one of them has to be right. Sure. This is always one I found interesting, though, and now we have the confirmation Endeavor has a estranged, at the very least, kid. A kid he's willing to keep a shrine in picture of. Yeah. So I find that interesting. It could be a swerve. It could be that the author's aware of the theory and is playing with it, too, but... I found that to be an interesting development. Yeah, it also might just be a a thing of like, he's just trying to expound more on Endeavor. So he's like, all right, so this is one of the things that we're going to, you know, this is another one of the secrets of Endeavor's kind of like dark past that we're going to keep talking about. And it's not going to relate to this Dobby thing at all. Could be. Which brings us to Dr. Stone reboot by Yakuya. Z equals three. Give me space. You know what my favorite part of this chapter is, Kevin? The ending? No, the fact that we're three chapters into this, so we don't have to talk about it every week, except for when we rank it anymore. I mean, that's fine, but... Did you like that dance ending? Eh. I I did not care for it. No, what I meant, the ending, I meant getting to the end and being like, well, I'm done reading it now. Uh, That was okay. The best thing about Dr. Stone Reboot is it makes me appreciate Dr. Stone more, I think. Yes. It also didn't help that the app had me so i read dr stone and then dr stone reboot and i was like they're almost always right together yeah but it's like i it's not a good plan 
<laughs> like, I wonder if that's how they're published in Jump. I'm like, that... I would bet they are, honestly. That, yeah, and I was like, that, that doesn't sound like a good plan. Like, try and space them out a little bit in the book so that they're not right next to one another because that ends up being awkward when you're like... what? But it, it's like the same thing. So anyway, the internet is down, so they can't get data on it because the power is out on Earth now. Apparently in 22 hours, all the power will be out. I'm not sure if the science on that tracks or not, so I guess I can't criticize it. No, the the power going down definitely, like, yeah, if nobody was maintaining the power grid, but the whole... Oh, the geothermal plants uh, started going up in smoke and all this stuff. I was like, they have automatic fail-safes like i feel like and it's like oh it's completely dark i'm like i feel like some places would i mean not necessarily be lit but it was like it seems a little quick to be like oh yeah if we had i guess if everybody vanished you know the earth would go dark yeah totally but so they use weather satellites to get the data they need and then the girl dances in space because it might be the last time there's a human in space yep it wants to be poignant. It's close, but I did not super care for it. No. To me, it just felt like, ah, we might never come back into space. Yeah, but, like, Senku's totally going to space, so <laughs> I, I don't know why you're worried, bro. Him and Vin Diesel. <laughs> yep. Anything else you want to say about Dr. Stone Reboot this week? Nope. Well, that will bring us to the Promised Neverland Chapter 157, then. The world is mine! What did you think of Promised Neverland this week, Kevin? I actually like Promise Neverland this week. It was pretty good. I like the kind of backstory into Sanju, or however you pronounce his name, uh, being part of the royal family. And the kind of, so the reason that I'm going with the evil-blooded is you corrupted our purpose. Like, I really like that hunter aspect of how they he was trained initially. Like, everything hunts. We're not taking these lives. We're just borrowing them from the gods. And then being like, oh, yeah, the queen is actually the one who was like, nah, screw the gods. I just want stuff. And like going away from her purpose, kind of getting corrupted by her power. Yeah, he's very animistic. And I did like that, especially when we go into the detail of his background. Yeah. And it's, you know, a very human sort of way to look at eating things, even though what he's eating in many cases are humans. Yeah, but like... He's the, he's got the, well, I mean, we're all part of the cycle of life kind of thing, and uh, I'm a different species, so it's not quite as weird. But even then, like, there's a ton of animal species that eat their own species. Like, it's... True. We just think of it as weird when, in reality, like, it's from a morality standpoint, not a, oh, you know, uh, like, tons of, tons of animals eat their other species, uh, their insects that literally eat their own young Mm -hmm. like we also find out that the queen definitely for sure has two cores yes that's how she works because she's a mutant yeah but we do find out that it was like her specifically and not all of the royal family like ah she was like this it's this rare condition like i said they kind of mentioned it wasn't like she was it wasn't like this was the first time this manifested it was just like a rare genetic trait that up popped up occasionally yeah and she also now has the memories of everyone she's eaten. Which... Yes. She's achieved her final form. She's exactly. like, oh, God, if I had only destroyed my first core sooner, I would have become even more powerful. And she goes to attack Mukiji? Yeah, the, the evil-blooded witch. Yeah. Uh, however you pronounce her name. Who just looks sad. I do really like that, where yeah. it it's just her paused right in front of her. I was like, 
why are you so gluttonous? Basically, yeah, it's like I forget the exact phrase, but that's basically what it is. Is like, why do you, why are you trying so hard to fill your insatiable hunger? I'm not mad. I pity you. Yeah, yeah, it was a pretty good chapter. I didn't like it as much as some of the other stuff this week, but like I said, I thought it was a really strong week. Yeah, that has more to do with it than anything else. Which brings us to Act Age, scene eighty nine in the ocean. What did you think of Act Age this week, Kevin? I thought this was cool. So this is probably some bit of, I don't know if it was some bit of backstory that we weren't quite aware of, or this was just her talking to herself when she was pissed off. Like That's the way I took it, is the yeah. latter. It's like when she was young, right when her mom died. She yeah. was when she was super sad and pissed. So like she is talking to herself at that age, or at least it is drawn as that way. Yeah, and that's that's the more the way I felt towards the end of it. But right at the beginning, I was like, is this something she's done before? Because, like, we actually really haven't seen her act all that much since reading. No. So I don't know if the, like, this is some part of her shonen method acting powers that she I, gets to talk to her inner selves. I would imagine going forward it's going to be if it hasn't been before. That was kind of how I took it. Yeah. That the more she gets lost in a role, the more like we'll see the version of her from what she's drawing on yeah. talking to her. Yeah, and that makes sense. Since like they've said her power is drawing on her past experiences to act. Yep. The director keeps trying to antagonize her more and more. Yep. Even when her co star, whose name slips Ogami. Me, Ogami. I wanted to name him Ojama. And I'm like, no, that's a Yu Gi Oh! Ogami's like, hey, no, stop, stop antagonizing her. <laughs> I did it. We're doing a good play. Yep. She's right at the edge. Don't try and push her over. Hey, I'm going to try and push her over. And Kay's like, hey, stop it. I'm going to give you what you want. Yep. What I really appreciate of this chapter, to be honest, is the beginning. When I've talked before about how in Act Age, I feel like the sort of shonen fight commentary doesn't work. Mm -hmm. When I contrast to something like Food Wars, which is a very similar situation, I think it does. I think a lot of that is one of the characters goes to the other one and says, would you be quiet? And I think it's a lot because you're not supposed to talk during a play. And I yeah. think I get a little triggered by that as someone who thinks that's an important rule and important to society. Gotcha. So I appreciated that line. I did like the chapter overall. A bit of a transitory chapter, but getting to see a little bit of Kay, like the internal workings of her while she's acting yep. is pretty good. Yeah, and I think now we're going to start seeing some of her co-stars doing stuff because she, like she's left the stage for the moment yeah anything else you want to say about the chapter kevin no nothing nothing else about this chapter well that leads us to samurai 8 chapter 26 like a samurai where hachimaru, hachimaru. i just said it i i literally have it written down right there where hachimaru is doing his best zoro impression because he's just like a samurai yes dub dub zoro of course who well, i guess would be zolo he's doing his best zolo impression i guess I thought that was a pretty good chapter. Again, like Promise Neverland, I just thought there was a lot this week that was stronger than it. Really, I ended up really liking this chapter. I really liked the the kind of message at the end of, so Ko, is, that's the thief's name, right? Ko? Kotsuga, yeah. Kotsuga was kind of burned because he was like, I wanted to be a samurai, and then it turned out I couldn't, so I'm like, your master will always be disappointed in you. So he's trying to kind of get Hachimaru to feel the way he feels like, oh, Daruma's going to abandon you just because you seem to be doing well now. You're going to do shitty later and they're all going to bail on you. And so he's just like pushing that harder and harder. And then Hachimaru comes back with like, I don't give a shit. I'm the only one who I care about if I disappoint. As he like 
cuts the giant mech in half and the control panel to it. Like, it was just really cool. I did like that giant mech a lot. The sla- the panel right before the slash where, like, they're all hiding behind cover, I yeah. found red kind of weird. And same with the beginning of the chapter. Part of that, I think, I would be very curious to see how this reads in a collected volume. Because my memory from the last chapter, I thought Kotsuga already had Anne, like, at knife point. No, he was going looks, for. Like I said, and here it looks like uh, Hachimaru intercepts him. And I did like the panel. Like I said, I'd be curious to see how it reads collected if I, if the motion works fine that way. To, I, to me, I didn't think, like, because I remember it was him going for her. And then even, like, Hachimaru is starting to move even in the, the last chapter. It's just been a week, so I don't trust either of our memories, to be frank. So, like I said, I would really want to see... Back, I mean, I guess I could like literally. Yeah, I was like, you could literally go. Yep. But also, the website loads super slow, or at least in my experience, it does. And I'd be more curious to see how it works on just a a page flip. Yeah. Like I said, that's not really a problem with it. It's just something I really noticed. I did like the Kotsuga parallel quite a bit. I did like a lot of the shonen stuff going on here. I just didn't think the art was up to its usual snuff. Like I said, the mech looks really, really good. But a lot of the action was more confusing than it usually is. I didn't feel that way. Like, I liked the fact that it's the three holders protecting everybody from the giant missile explosion. Yeah, and like I said, I like that as well. I just didn't quite track to me. Gotcha. Which brings us to We Never Learn question 135. Sometimes they choose X in the presence of ogres. Hey, was it this just me or was this We Never Learn extra horny this week? Pun somewhat intended. Get out. So only somewhat intended. I had the thought. It was only when I wrote the thought in my notes that I realized it was a pun. Like I said, get out. Yeah, okay. I I didn't think it was that bad a pun. No, it was fine. I was genuinely asking the question, though. That was my response. Get get out? Yes. Okay. I like that movie pretty well. I need to see us. I haven't seen that. That was a worse pun. Oh, yeah, you don't like scary movies. I do not. What did you think we never learned this week, Kevin? It was pretty good. I liked the, it's another hypnotism chapter to deal with some Japanese festival where you throw peanuts at people. <laughs> Dressed as ogres. You, pull, you throw peanuts at ogres so you'll have good luck this year. Yes. Ogata's got an ogre costume for it. And she's like, well, we I have to study with you, but I still wanted to wear the costume. Yeah, because my grandma made it. Also, I have this spare costume. You want to wear it? It's like, now nah, that looks like it's made for an older woman and not a Yuya. And then Kirisu walks in and walks into the hypnosis because that's how hypnosis works. Yes. And then she decides to put on the ogre costume because while she's being hypnotized, there are people in the background yelling about ogres. Yes. And then they are really horny at Yu-Gi-Oh for in a chapter. Yes. Well, Ogata hypnotizes herself, only at the end it re- it's revealed that maybe she didn't, and she just wanted to do that. Uh-huh. Yeah, so. At one point, Yu-Gi-Oh tries to escape by convincing them to make tea for him. Yep. But they're like, ah, oh, you already have tea in your thermos, Yu-Gi-Oh. And he's like, ah, oh, being prepared, my one weakness. Yes. Which is a pretty good joke. Yeah, anything else you wanted to say about it? No, like like I said, it was good we never learned, but nothing like extra special. Like I said, it seemed real horny this week to me. Which, I mean, it's always a little horny, but it just seemed real on the nose this week to me. Which, last but not least, will lead us to Hell's Paradise Chapter 76. What did you think of Hell's Paradise? Also kind of horny this week. Yeah, well, 
Not as much as we never learn. No. So this is backstory into the two Lord Tensons that the heroes are fighting, which was kind of cool. I want to know how much of this is completely brand new information and how much of this is I just I'm not caught up on the story. I do feel I did feel like this was brand new. I mean, this feels very similar to Demon Slayer to me when we're just suddenly getting a bunch of background on the bad guys. Yeah. It's not quite the same because they didn't exactly die. They do fuse together at the end of this, which I yes. guess is kind of like dying. Well, they can presumably unfuse. I don't know. Uh, maybe. I'm, I'm going to call that a solid maybe. Like, I, I, I still haven't caught up, so. It was definitely cool, and I liked the whole, yeah, so we've been training for hundreds of years, and, like, all the animals and shit are dying, so we need to get more Tau, but we don't know how to do it. Like, I guess and we'll it, have to kill humans. Don't really want to, but... Well, how are we going to get humans to come here? I don't know. I know. We'll send this boat trap. <laughs> hey, when you can, use a boat trap. Reverse That's what Trojan my mom horse. Said. <laughs> yeah, you just you get on this boat and then you're trapped. It's like a haunted house, only it's a boat. It's a ghost ship, Kevin. Yes. Everyone knows about ghost ships. Yeah, I like getting some background on these characters. I like humanizing them a bit. I wonder if we're going to have a Lord Tenzin kind of defect. If that's what we're setting up long term, well, or if they just wanted to show the tragedy of these two characters, I think we kind of had because they kind of mentioned that they used to be training with May, who's the small girl. Oh, see, that's what I didn't pick up on. Yeah, because May looked completely different back then. Yeah, because she's now a tiny child, as opposed to like when they were do- in the flashback, she was like a full grown woman. So this is another thing that I am extremely like because I haven't caught up on. I because I haven't got to the part where she's joined the party yet. Yeah, I feel real bad for missing that, but yeah, they just mentioned May. You know, like oh, and then May left, and I was like, May was training with you. Who is May? Is she part of your group or what? I knew May was like a Lord Tenzin. Yeah, but I kind of put her in a separate category. I thought she was a new one. Whereas this seems like it's setting up one of them might end up escaping with the party. Yeah, uh, not necessarily either of these, although they are the most sympathetic so far. Since they're the one that didn't want to kill people. Yeah. But just kind of felt forced to in order to survive. Yep. Anything else you want to say about Hell's Paradise this week? Not this week. Okay. So that brings us into Jump Card. Jump Card is the segment where we rank all the chapters from our least favorite up through our favorite. Only 19 this week, so it should go by pretty quick. Yep. And 20 stories a week in Shonen Jump is a lot. It is. I mean, I'm more impressed. I'm not complaining or anything. Especially when most of them are good like this week. So what do you have at number 19, Kevin? Tokyo Shinobi Squad. Yeah, this Papelion has a crush on Jin. Comes completely out of nowhere. It doesn't really seem to jive with the way the relationship has been thus far. Yeah. Like at all? And this is really setting up a weird love octahedron? I mean, I don't necessarily mind that. 
No, but it was just kind of like, it came out of nowhere like, all right, so we finished this arc. Now let's set up the love triangle. On the can't be a triangle, six people have to be involved. And I mean, the character whose name I can't remember from the last arc having a crush on Papalian. That was that, that well one established. We yes. And the model from two story arcs ago coming back. I don't mind that either. Yeah. Especially since she seems mostly like a red herring. I don't know that Jin seems interested in her in her no. at all romantically. But like But she's like she's you know, she's the person that like they have this love triangle and then she's just there. And yeah. so Papalian is like, oh no, she's involved and when she's not and just meh. Like I said, I don't necessarily mind there being a romance between the two, but their previous relationship seemed so professional and friendly. Yes. That it's kind of weird. It seems like the author just decided this, and it seems very like, oh, Jin's so cool. The hot chick would obviously be into him. Yep. What do you have at 18? Like, I have to ask. Double Taisei. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I put Double Taisei a little higher this week, so why did you dislike Double Taisei so much? I just, I'm kind of done with the whole thing. Like, they went for a Rocky ending, which is just annoying. Yeah, I I definitely didn't care for that. And then it's like, oh yeah, and the whole thing is being live streamed, and now he's given away his secret that he's two different personalities. And it's like, okay, okay, A, but, like, why is that? I mean, that's weird, but why is that? Oh, we got to keep this secret. Yeah, the, the keeping it secret part I didn't like, that his female friend got a job as the maid to distract Dodo is really that does nothing for me no at all and is super weird it wasn't the it wasn't his female friend oh no it is it's the blind blind guy right I figured that I thought I was like why is this person oh it's uh, the female friend I'm like oh wait no it's the blind guy that makes more sense yeah instead the female friend faints while watching the live stream because he just bears his secret and it's like I don't care and then you had to end it with a rocky ending with both of them punching each other out like can we actually watch (laughs) any show any shogi happening in the shogi manga at all ever yeah i did like the getting the split personality out in the open thing although i would have preferred if it wasn't live streamed to everybody like it's the live streams part is fine you just have them not be miked yeah because i feel like in a shogi match the participants would not be miked yeah and you just have dodo and the other people watching figure it out while they're watching which they were about to anyway yeah yeah like I feel like they just ruined all of that. I don't really feel like they ruined it, which is, I guess, why I put it higher. But I do agree with you. The double knockout at the end was weird and bad, and the maid breaking everything was also weird and bad. I have Mitama Security at 18. Yeah, no, it's it was my 17, right? What? Yeah. Yeah. It... There were a lot of jokes that I can appreciate the setup of, but they never made me laugh. There was more a lot of, oh, I see why that is humorous. Yeah. Well, and like I said, we were expecting some kind of, or you were expecting some kind of, oh, maybe they're going to go into a deeper bit of backstory and nope, we're going to skip through all the cool shit. Like I said, I, I see what they did there at least. Yes. Although that having the other character comment on it kind of ruined the joke. Yes. When I didn't laugh in the first place. And like the, no, you can't play dodgeball with spirits. Basketball is our sport. Play basketball. That's what I taught you to do. You're a basketball man. Yeah. I'm just, I'm done. I don't care anymore. Yeah, I mean, I'm there too. I'm not as far as with Tokyo Shinobi, I guess, because I guess a humor strip can always have a particular chapter that's funny. Yeah. Mitama hasn't in a little while, but that's why 
I'm less dismissive of it than Tokyo Shinobi, I think. Because I don't see what Tokyo Shinobi can do. Yeah. I have Dr. Stone reboot at 17. Okay. Because I, I just don't care about any of these characters, honestly. And I don't care about their plight. Like we've said, there's not a lot of tension in if they're going to make it to Earth or not. Yeah, it's like, oh no, are they going to make it? But we know they do. So like setting up these obstacles for them to overcome is like, but but I know they can do it. So don't, oh, we're going to put a deadline on it. You've only got 72 hours. Why? Why did that need to be there? Like that just kind of ruins the moment because I know they make it. So like it's one thing if it's like, oh, how did they make it? But this is, oh, they had crunch time, but they managed to pull through. Well, yeah, I, I knew that already. What do you have at 16? Doctor Stone reboot. <laughs> I have Jujutsu Kaisen at 16. I don't know where you put it, but I really didn't care for this chapter. It seemed slow and plodding, and it's setting up this next arc, but it seems like it's coming too fast. We're having Gojo face his old friend. We're like pushing to a confrontation. And it I just only seems know real he's quick. not there. Oh, he's not? I thought no. he was. I'm pretty sure he's not. Okay. I'm pretty sure it's three cursed spirits that he's fighting. For I thought we had a panel of him. I, am I completely wrong? Yeah, I, I don't think he was there. Okay, well, I'm wrong then. But I, still, the entire thing was like, oh, Gojo has to go alone. Gojo has to do this thing. Oh, look how cool and important Gojo is. Yeah, no, and, it's not much higher for me, but I'm yeah. pretty sure they weren't setting up the final confrontation because the guy who can... Well, I didn't like, say transmor- final, but a I know. confrontation. But the guy who can transmogrify bodies also wasn't there. It was the three cursed spirits from before. Okay. That, like Gojo's fought before. Huh, I'm pretty sure. I did not know he had fought them before. Yeah, he fought them in the middle of the, or he at least fought some of them in the kind of arc where they were the forest arc. The forest arc, yeah. So he fought the, he fought the tree spirit because that one broke into the into the middle of the tuning exams, and then he fought the volcano headed one earlier. And I know there's a third one. I'm I'm pretty sure that wasn't his old friend. Okay, well, I completely misread it then. What do you anyway, have at fifteen? I have beast children at fifteen. I do as well. It's a chapter of Beast Children. We're t- training to learn how to rugby. Cool. I mean, the supporting character who's been on the edge for the entire time finally kind of joins the team. That is at least forward progress. It was yep. pretty predictable forward progress, but it wasn't terrible. Yeah, it's just it's at the bottom because I'm just like, eh, I just I don't particularly care that much. What do you have at 14? I have Jujutsu Kaisen at 14. Okay. I liked it a little bit more just because, A, I didn't have the, I'm pretty sure the the final boss wasn't even there. And uh, it's just kind of like, all right, so we're going to accelerate. Like, Gojo's getting in. Itadori's got to go do something. Because it's like, oh, no, another barrier opened up over here. You guys are going to go deal with that. So we're kind of, like, kicking off this new arc. I have double Taisei at 14. I think revealing the split personality moved the story forward, and so I really liked that. And I think that's the main reason that got up so high. Okay. Because I agree with pretty much all your other criticisms. So I have Haikyuu at number 13. I wish I knew this guy more and cared about sports manga, but I don't. So it's like, yeah, we're we're like not friends, but we knew each other. And now this guy's talking smack, so we're going to team up to volleyball. I did like that ending where they're like, hey, Jackie Chan, play us. And he's like, Jackie Chan. He's like, I guess I think. We're Jap- or we're Chinese or something. <laughs> like his response is not like, "Hey, that's racist." It's we are not Chinese. We are Ken Watanabe. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I did like that one. So like it was it was funny, but I'm just like I just I'm I would have to get caught up to get more into this story, and I don't have the time to do that. I have Mission Yuzakura family at thirteen. 
I didn't hate it or anything. I'm pretty much everything above it I really liked. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was kind of fine. Another humor chapter with the character I don't like, but at least it was funny. Yeah. I have Hell's Paradise at number 12. I was just kind of like, yeah, it's some backstory for these Lord Tensons. I was like, I wish I knew a bit more about like how much of this is, is this all new information? Did I know like bits and pieces of it? Were there like hints that are now being revealed that makes them like way cooler? It's just kind of a, hmm. Like it was, it was interesting, but not a whole lot happened in the chapter either. I have Black Clover at 12 because I also feel like not a whole lot happened in this chapter. No. There's a time skip at the end. Yes. It's basically just them being like, hey, we should, our kingdom should team up. And the king of the Clover Kingdom says, okay. And he's like, you all go into the hyperdialic chime chamber for six months that we have in the Heart Kingdom. Yes. So you can fight the spade devil in six months. Yes. And then it's like six months later. Yep. And that's how it goes. I have you at Camille at number 11. I don't really, really remember why I put it down here. Like it was, There's a laser Buddha. There is a laser Buddha. Well, there's a, a woman. It's not a laser Buddha. It's a woman melting a Buddha with a laser. But it make, people think it's a laser Buddha. Yes. Because the laser shoots through the Buddha when she melts it. Yes. And so like there's some of that cool stuff going on. And there is more of this like backstory stuff kind of being revealed. Like, oh, the girl boss has been like, or the, the main girl boss has been trying to save her ancient kingdom. So she's like, oh, yeah, well, I've been trying to train these warriors, but, like, nobody's made it back. I, like, send aspects of myself out into the world, and then they're supposed to come back, like, ready to defend me. And you're the first one that's done it. And, oh, wait, no, you haven't yet. All right, well, I guess I'm going to force you to awaken. Yeah, I liked it not so much better than you, but I did put it a bit higher at a laser Buddha. Add some dumb talking about S-rank and A-rank girl bosses that I didn't super care for. Yeah, just out of nowhere. Like, but, oh, she's an S-rank boss. You literally have not mentioned ranks ever. I, it was better than Tokyo Shinobi Squad, though, where they just went on this quest to get a higher rank. And we found out this week they did, in fact, get a higher rank. We just we don't, don't know, know what, what, yeah, we we don't don't know what, what it is. Rank. We don't know how that helps them, but we do know that they did get a rank up. They are now E+, and a few items unlocked in the shop. Yes. I have Haikyuu at 11. Okay. I, I like the Ken Watanabe joke a lot, and I think I'm willing to give it more of a shake than you are now that we're in this new arc. Yeah, like, I'm not going to, it's not like I'm going to, you know, be like, oh, I have to read more Haikyuu, but I'm just, I'm not that much of a sports manga fan. So for number 10, I have Mission Yosakura Family. I thought it was funny, so it went up a little bit from where you put it. I had Chainsaw Man at 10, and I kind of can't remember what happened in Chainsaw Man now. I remember I liked it. Oh, there's some great bits. Uh, uh, I know the bomb devil throws her head and it explodes. Yes. Like that, a grenade. That was awesome. I remember the ending is Aki having to stop the car because the future demon showed him a terrible future. And he's like, God damn it. Yep. I mean, that's that's basically what happened. Okay. Um, like, it didn't go super high on my list because of that. But I was like, ah, when they're two of the demon hunters are like, ah, oh, we infected her lungs and heart with mold. So it's going to make her make it like impossible for her to move. And she's like, hmm, this is a problem. So she knocks her own head off and then throws it into the building to cause it to explode. And it's like, all right, that's pretty funny. What do you have at nine? Oh, I have Chainsaw Man at nine. So oh, I have Yui Camillo at nine. Okay. What do you have at eight then? At eight, I have Black Clover. I just liked the, even though it is uh, toilet humor, when they, uh, it's like, I know, we. We want to team up. Well, Oh, I I've, forgot about that. Yes, that probably I've, is part of why I put Black Clover so low, if I'm being honest. 
I, I, most of it is just that nothing happened except for training. Yes, but I definitely loved the. Uh, oh, we need to call Yami. What? I'm I'm taking the biggest shit of the century. What do you want? Not the fact that he was on the toilet, but just the fact that they're like, hey, Yami, we've got something really important. Nah, I'm doing something else. Call me later. And so they literally called Julius. Where are we, eight? I've held Paradise at eight. I liked the backstory on these two characters. The fusion at the end was weird, but I think that's going to parallel well to the two brothers they're fighting, so. Yeah, like, it's I, not like I didn't like Hell's Paradise. It was just, I I got hit with the, uh, so I haven't been, I, d- I haven't caught up, so I don't know how much of this is supposed to be a reveal or not. Mm. What do you have at Lucky 7? At Lucky 7, I have Dr. Stone. This was a cool chapter of Dr. Stone. I like the... The turn at the end is pretty sweet. The turn at the end's really good, but the stuff leading up to it is also pretty good. Yeah. With the gun falling overboard and... Well, not just that. The So the superhuman spear guy is like, oh, I've been paying attention to your gun, and if I can take out take you out faster than you can pull the trigger, you can't do anything. So not just not only the gun, he literally knocks the, the sheriff dude into the water as well. Yeah. But yeah, at the end, they have to release the spear guy who uh, was Tsukasa's second-in-command yep. to fight the other spear guy. Yes. So we can have a spear versus spear fight. But yeah, I definitely loved Senku being like, well, I really didn't want to have to do this, but we are out of options. So here we go. That's what I got. I'm Yoga, <laughs> I choose you. Please murder him first. Okay, thanks. <laughs> Let's go get that gun real quick. Yep. I have Samurai 8 at number seven. I talked when we were talking about that about... Why I didn't like it as much this week. Still very good. Samurai ain't enough for the stuff I really, really liked. But mm-hmm. like I said, the art, the action was just not as smooth as I think it normally is. I gotcha. I, we never learn at number six. I do too. Real horny. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's still pretty good. Yeah. I've got the... I've got my hero number five. I I liked a lot of the bits of it, but I just liked some of the other stuff more. Basically. Okay. I've act age at five. I would say for similar reasons. I really liked how angry Kay is drawn, and I like the interaction with her younger self, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, like, the director's such a dick, and I don't like her, and I don't, like, I don't know what she's trying to accomplish by spurning uh, Kay on even more. Yeah. I, I kind of get that. I have The Promised Neverland at number four. So do I. It was good. I really liked the... Like I said, I really like the thing that Sonju is like, uh, we were taught as kind of like these hunter beings, and it's a lot more spiritual, which was really cool. And the queen being like, oh, you are you fell to the old religion. And then definitely the ending with Muk- Mukuch, or whatever the evil-blooded witch that, is. Like the pity on her face? Yeah. She's like, why, are you, why do you have that look on your face? I'm just so sad for you. You're just not like, you know not human was but like that is the phrase i would use even though they neither of them are human yeah she was I, like you're just a monster what do you have at lucky three lucky three i have actage i just i really liked the bits with the the flashback to her younger self being like don't you just hit her hurt her she you know she's been she was the one messing she's the reason mom was sad and Kay just screaming like, I'm an actor. I don't <laughs> care. Just so good. I have Dr. Stone at three. I really like that turn at the end. And I liked everything leading up to it, too. Yeah. So what do you have in number two? 
So I have Demon Slayer number two. So do I. Really like that chapter. Yeah, it was just super good. So you have Samurai 8 at one? I have Samurai 8 at number one. I have my hero at one. I liked it a lot more than you, I guess. I guess we'll do mine first. It's unusual, but it feels natural in the conversation. Sure. Bakugo being so mad like that manners aren't being followed. It's very Bakugo. Yes. And it's very good. And I like the stuff with Endeavor. And also, you know, Midoriya gets to be his usual self, helping out Todoroki, having emotional insights. Like, everything that's good about my hero, I feel, was in the chapter. I guess no one punched someone so hard they exploded, but... Yeah, but it doesn't necessarily need to be happening in a fight for some of the good bits. But, like, for me, I just really liked the Hachimaru's thing of, like, I'm the only person that matters. Like, I don't care. It's not that I don't care what Daruma-sensei thinks of me, but, like, I'm the only person that can decide if I'm a disappointment. Mm -hmm. I just, I really liked that moment, especially with Ko trying to just, he was the dude who was like, I lost, so I'm going to make everybody else lose, is kind of the his mentality right now. And Hachimaru just stepping in and being like, no, stop that. I just really liked it. All right. Like I said, I thought a very good week for Shonen Jump this week. Yep. Even though a lot of stuff was weird, it still ranked pretty high, and pretty much everything I enjoyed reading yeah, actually, even Shokyo Shinobi, I was I was mystified by how bad it was. I was like, Papalion did not act this way this last week, but I pretty much enjoyed it all. So, with that said, we will move on to My Hero Academia, Volume 5. So we're now in volume five of My Hero Academia, which has one of my favorite fights in shonen manga in it. Yep. Maybe my favorite, if I'm being honest. It's real good. It is really, really good. And it starts with a different fight that's also really good that I yes. think is kind of important. I think it's got a message to it, one that maybe My Hero Academia as a whole isn't living up to. Yeah. And that I'm talking about the Ochiko Bakugo fight. Yes. Which I think is like almost a political statement. There's, I don't want to say a problem, but a thing that happens in a lot of action series is the girls aren't allowed to fight because people feel more uncomfortable when girls are getting punched than when guys are getting punched. Yes. And this whole chapter is kind of a analysis of that, where the whole crowd is real upset with Bakugo for fighting Ochiko, literally the way he would be fighting, say, Deku. Yep. And Eraserhead has to be like, no, you're all idiots. Well, actually, I think in the the way the paneling seemed to suggest was the Class B asshole also was on Ochiko's side. Later on, definitely. Early on, he seems... No, it seems like, oh, because he, like, he saw her setting up the technique. And so, because it seems like he's possibly the one explaining it, it seemed like he didn't have a turn in the middle of the match. He was like, oh, this is already decided, like thinking, wow, she's got such a good plan to deal with this guy. Yeah. Uh, th yes, definitely. I think that's his track the entire time, but it plays to the audience. Yes. Like he's being an asshole until yeah, it later. Was, yeah, it was a very good reveal where it, sound, it sounded like, oh, this match has already been decided because everyone else is like, ah, you know, Bakugo's just toying with her. And it's like, no, he's not. And I, I do really like that fight. I also like 
Aizawa being like, hey, the person who was yelling out there, are you a pro? How long have you been working? You know what you should do? You should quit and start looking at job listings. Yeah. Which is poignant to some of the stuff coming up after the sports festival with a lot of the stain thing and where like a lot of heroes have kind of lost what it means to be heroes. And this is like, this is from a battle standpoint, but even then a lot of that stuff tends to tie into a lot of heroes are tied up into being heroes or tied up into the like fame of being a hero rather than actually being a hero. Yeah. It really, to me, the Ochiko Bakugo fight sounds almost like Hiori taking his frustrations on an editor out in a lot of ways, like saying, no, like the girls should fight just as much as the guys. Maybe not an editor. Maybe it's the genre as a whole. I got you. But it reads as him venting some frustrations. I do feel like he hasn't necessarily lived up to this promise in future points in the series, though. Not that he ever sidelines the girls, but they haven't really got a lot of focus, right? I can't think of an Ochiko fight after this. I mean, there's the one with Toga, I guess, which is also really good, but it's also very brief. Yeah. It's more of a move she does on her. Yeah. But, I mean, even then, there's there's some of that. There's the fights that they've got to do to get into the summer camp. Or, no. When does that happen? You know what I'm talking about? Where, like, they pair up against the hero. Oh, the the final exams. Or yeah. not the final exams, but the midter- midterms. The midterms. There we go. I was like, no, they, they don't have to fight to get in the summer camp, but why are they doing these? But, like, she doesn't do a ton there, but, like, she gets to, you know, you have Fropi and Tokiyami. Yeah. The Dark Shadow guy getting it. So, like, you have some of the girls starting to do fights. I do agree that they haven't, there hasn't been as much of a spotlight on them yet. Like, none of them are involved in the current anime arc. Well, two of them do show up. They don't get as much involvement as I'd like because they are up topside. Yeah. So but they are there. That, that's more what I meant. They're just there. Like, hey, look, <laughs> the girls are here. Yeah, but they don't do anything. They're just there. It's all, it's, oh, no, it, no, because it, it is just the, I was like, oh, the other big three. But yeah, she's stuck topside. Yeah. All, um, the whole girl agency is the ones who are stuck topside in the yeah. arc. Yeah, and it's kind of like, eh, I feel like you could have at least tossed the uh, like her into the mix. Like, so I do agree with you, but he is trying at least. Like, he doesn't just literally sideline him. Like, you've got, you know, Minda, the, I think her name is Minda, or the pink acid lady. Yeah. Like, gets active and does stuff during the provincial license exam. They they haven't gotten, like, a, a big one-on-one fight like this Ochiko Bakugo thing, but she at least got one. She got, like, a center stage fight. Yeah, I just, I really, really like this chapter, and like I said, I just wonder if that was all he had to say about it, and that would be disappointing. I'm hoping that they'll start to do stuff more. I do, too. It's just been years since this fight was published, right? Yes. That said, Daku's only had so many fights since this, too. It's a very tight series, and that's part of the issue. Yeah. And I do really like the current focus we're getting on Todoroki, Bakugo, and Midoriya. Yeah. I think, like, we're going to get something happening after the end of the internships. I um, hope so. Because now we have more of the students in the internships as opposed to the first time when they really weren't. Like, it was really just Kaminari, Midoriya... Is that really the only two from Class A that were doing the... Asui and Ochiko. Again, they're stuck topside. But yeah, those are the, all the people from Class A that are in the... And Tokiyami does one with Hawks, but we don't see any of them. That's right. 
Well, because he doesn't join in on the operation. Yeah. I was just thinking of ones that were like doing more legitimate internships. Like No, if, those are the five. Okay. So yeah. I'm I'm hoping we'll get more of like we had a bit of a showcase with the students going against one another, but we haven't really had a major villain fight in quite a while except for Deku versus Bouncy Man. Ironically, the name. ones we've gotten recently have been the villain versus villain fights. Yes. So I'm hoping that we'll get more hero and villain fights and like they'll get some center stage stuff with like, oh, we've been training in the background and here's our here's the fruits of our labor. And one big advantage of the League of Villains taking over the Liberation Front is that's a very easy source of villains with interesting quirks for all the heroes to have to fight. Yes. If he wants to do a bunch of One Piece style showcase fights in the next arc, for example. Yeah. But we haven't even got to the main event of this chapter yet, or of this volume yet, which is the Todoroki Deku fight. Yes. Which is super, super good. Like I said, it's maybe my favorite fight in anime. There is one translation in this that I wonder if it happened on the print version, but it's the sequence where Deku is screaming, you haven't dealt me, like, you haven't scratched me at all kind of thing, like, stop talking so big. And the way it read in the translation was Deku was screaming, I haven't scratched you at all. Yeah. And I was like... Yes, yes, you have. Like he's been, you know that that was the it was that just that flip of the the pronouns really kind of turned it to be confusing because I really love the moment where Deku's like, I might be hurt right now, but that's on me. You haven't done anything to me. Yeah, I mean the whole fight's super good. It's the last real fight where Midoriya has his all for one limit where he's hurting himself. Obviously, that continues to be a major thing going forward but it's the last one where it's the focus yes and he's got a limited number of fingers for example as he's trying to use them to keep Todoroki at bay yep and you also have the thing we talk about with Bakugo where he's in the stands being super smart trying to figure it out while he's watching yeah and I also like that it's not just Bakugo thinking like internal monologue kind of oh he it's kind of working like this it's the other classmates being like Man, I wish I could be like you and Shoto and just throw out those gigantic power moons like nobody's business. And even Bakugo being like, I can't do that. That's why I designed the gauntlets to be able to store a bunch of my extra nitroglycerin so I could cause more blasts than I could normally. I've got a limit to it. And Todoroki does as well. And then he eventually figures it out. Well, he's kind of like, he explains it. It's kind of like MP in a game, which I don't think kind of tracks right because it's more like as he uses his ice powers he it kind of lowers his internal temperature like later on endeavor talks about that being a problem that he has where when the more he uses his fire powers the hotter he gets and if he uses them too much it could cause serious health risks like cooking his brain and stuff like that so shoto having the exact opposite problem with his ice powers where it's kind of freezing him to use them constantly yeah and that even takes place in the fight even though Deku's injured the hell out of himself, Todoroki's so slow from how cold he is that he's yeah. able to get in hits. Yep. Which is why he's finally able to start getting in hits. Is it's like, oh, he's he's slow. Not only has Todoroki slowed down, but the ice has slowed down as well. Like, it's not growing as fast. Yeah. I mean, it's just a super good fight. And I know you love the Shoto panel. That, pan- that panel is great. It is captured perfectly <laughs> in the anime. Yeah, I, I mean, I love the panel in the manga, too. The still, like, the way it's a tall panel, too. Yeah. Just 
to make Endeavor look so big is super good. Yeah. Then there's also the super good two-page splash of them going all out at each other at the end. Yeah. The cementos wall coming up between them. Yeah. Well, the multiple cementos walls, well, yeah. which I really like, where it's like this, you know, he's created like six barriers and it's bursting through all of them. I still do love the bit with Present Mike flipped backward over his chair with his feet hanging over the, the announcer table being like, Eraserhead, what is up with your class? Yeah, that's good. Like I said, one of my favorite fights in like shonen manga. Just the limits on it are super good. And of course, the emotional impacts there with Midoriya yelling about, hey, hey you're you. Yep. And kind of doing exactly what Endeavor told him to do before the fight, despite taking Endeavor down during that. Yes. But he was more like, the big thing is it's he was trying to get Shoto, like Endeavor wanted Shoto to use his powers to be to beat All Might for him. Versus Deku is trying really hard to make Shoto realize that you are you, like it's your power, not your dad's. You know, I'm not All Might, you're not Endeavor. Mm -hmm. We don't need to have this battle for no reason. And I just, I do really love that bit of even All Might remarking on it like, Midoriya, you've got to be kidding me. Even in the middle of this, you're trying to save Todoroki. Well, and I love when Todoroki later asks Bakugo, like, hey, has he always been like that? And Bakugo, and Bakugo doesn't answer. But he has all these flashbacks all the times Deku did that for him. Yeah, and his answer is that damn nerd. Yeah. But then even when Bakugo and Todoroki are fighting, and Bakugo's like, hey, stop going easy on me. And then Deku says basically the same thing from the stands. Yeah. And Bakugo has that reframe of that damn nerd, but it's like with more of a smile. Yep. Even though it doesn't end up working in Todoroki still lets Bakugo beat him, air quotes. Yeah. But I at the same time, it's he it's because he's not using his left side because yeah. he's like So when I was fighting Midoriya, he made me forget everything and just be me, but now I've been hit with the realization of like, I need to rethink my whole life. And so he's like reeling from that during the middle of the matches. And he still beats Ida without much of a problem. Even with that internal doubt. But once Bakugo shows up, he really can't do anything against him. Yeah. Well, that's because Bakugo is just like, yeah. not to say that Ida isn't a good combatant, but like Bakugo is on a completely different level than Ida. Yeah. He's top tier as far as like fighting goes. Yep. We also get the introduction of Stain in this chapter, and I really like how it's like sewn into the story. Yeah. It's with not... Ida's fight, it happens before the final battle, too. Yeah. I do really like that, that it's not like, here's the cliffhanger for the volume. It's kind of just like, I even I don't even think it's the cliffhanger of a chapter. I think it literally happens like five pages away from the end of the chapter. There's like, hey, here's Stain, more fight. And I think the anime adaptation of My Hero, obviously, is super, super good. But I don't know if you can do Stain justice in color. Just the way he's drawn him back in white. He's so intense. He looks so different. He looks like he's from a horror manga. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Specifically, he looked really, really like the early Ninja Turtles designs. Yes. And I wonder how intentional that is with his bandana, his swords. He looks like he's right out of those early, over-serious Ninja Turtle comics. Yeah. I do think the anime nails it a couple of times. The, the part where his presence overwhelms everybody, definitely, you know what I'm talking about? Or yeah. like right after he kills the Nomu that had picked up Deku, and he's like, the only person that can fight me is All Might. I definitely think capture it. But I do agree, sometimes it, like, when you're looking at Stain, just the intensity loses just a little bit because it's in color and it's, 
I want to say, less defined than it is on the page. It's a style thing, I think, because in the anime, Stain looks like he belongs there. He looks like a My Hero Academia character. I gotcha. In the manga, he looks like he is invading from another series. Yeah. Just he's drawn so differently. Yeah. Which makes him very, very striking. But that's where more what I meant with the less definition. Like, yeah. he is, he fits the rest of the style in the anime, like you said. And also, I think it stains a super, super detailed design, which are much harder to animate. Yes. They definitely skimp on the details on him. Yeah. Which I don't necessarily blame them for, but. No, because that would, that would be just a nightmare to try and, like, especially, like, so that's what I said with, I think they nailed it with a one time when he was being super intense because it's like a still image and they were like, all right, this is where he needs to be intense as hell. We're going to like up the animation because we don't have to move him anywhere. It's just basically a still picture of him, maybe with a bit of lip movement for screaming. But I think they like, you know, do the trick where they like don't show his mouth. But m- for most of the time, he he fits a lot more like he just he does still seem more grungy than some of the other characters, but it doesn't feel like he's from a different genre. Yeah. Also, somehow two volumes ago, I didn't talk about that amazing panel where Momo is naked and her speech bubble is covering her. You absolutely did. I did? Yes. I felt like I skipped it. Nope, you totally brought it up. Okay, well, uh, there's continues to be some really good comic work in this that I, I feel like, weirdly, in manga, you don't see a lot of taking advantage of the comic book form. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's because my hero is so superhero-related and those are so tied to comic books, but there's a lot more of that here, too. There's the start whenever someone says start at the beginning of the bout, it's 100% in like a fighting game bubble. Yeah. And there's the bit at the end where All Might's like, hey, everyone say it with me now. And everyone says plus ultra, but he's like, you all worked really hard. Yeah. There's that gag. But in the manga, All Might's speech bubble is covering all the plus ultras. Yes. Which gives it a super good look to it and like kind of shows All Might's presence. Yes. I also love there's a bit where after the sports festival, Okujo's parents, or Uraka's parents, show up to her dorm or her apartment in the city. I don't know exactly. I think it's an apartment. They, they might have been at the house. Like She was like, what are you guys doing here from work? And so her eyes bug uh, out. And it is the- an apartment. She lives on her own until okay. until she enters the dorms. That's right. But her eyes bug out. And then in the next panel, her mom is pushing one of her eyes back into her skull. Which I just, I really liked that bit. Like, ah, like, again, there's little tiny things where it's like, ah, sure, you know, that's a total cartoon moment. Now, this is more, I guess that it is a cartoon moment as opposed to like a comic book moment. But I just love the pushing the eyeball back into the head like, all right, let's calm down. I'm kind of glad he brought up Uchiko's parents because this is one of the things I wanted to talk about when I was talking about the fight with Bakugo. One thing I actually don't like about that is afterwards, Ochiko calls her parents. And I do like that, like, she has a good face on for Deku, but as soon as he leaves, she kind of loses it. Yeah. What I don't like is when she talks to her parents, they're like, hey, there's no need to rush. You can do it in your own time. And I get they're being supportive, but that's such the opposite message that all the male characters are getting. Yeah. And that is such a theme of my hero. And luckily, Ochiko doesn't take that to heart. So yeah. it's not like she's like, oh, I can relax because my parents said so. But that's one thing that I actually just didn't like. I kind of feel like she's having the moment because she lost of like, crap, I blew my chance. I can't do it ever again. And it's her parents being like, hey, you've got more chances. Try, you know, I and I like the encouragement. I know you're going to become a great hero. I do agree the message is a little twisted, but... I do feel that they were trying to, it's kind of her parents aren't like 
you know, are just kind of like regular working class people. Like some of these other parents are heroes or very like hero related and versus her parents are like, we're construction workers. And like our daughter suddenly wanted to become Superwoman. <laughs> um, and so them just being like, it's kind of a thing of like, well, we don't really know how to, how to deal with it. So we're trying. So it was like, Hey, you've got more chances. This isn't the end of the world. I agree. I just think a panel where she's like, after she's like, hey, thanks, where she's like, rejects that as soon as she's done actually talking to them. Yeah. Would have done wonders, I think. I got you. Anything else you want to say about the volume? No, I think I'm good. I'm looking forward to the next arc. The stain arc is cool. I mean, like I said, this is one of my favorite arcs, if not my favorite arc in my hero. So I'm looking forward to it less. But the stain stuff is still super, super good. Don't get me wrong. All right, so next week we'll be reading volume six of My Hero Academia, where, hey, we get, what's his name? Gran Torino. Yeah. But before that, we have Personality Power Level. Vegeta, what does the scouter say about his power level? Personality Power Level is the segment where we rank manga characters from best to worst. At the very top is Uzumaki Naruto, who's almost a My Hero Academia character. At the very bottom is that guy who's not Yamcha from that time I got reincarnated as Yamcha. He can take his time. He doesn't have to force himself on the world stage. No, definitely not. If you want to like go away until like forever, that'd be great. And the dead center is red from Pokemon adventures. He's going to be the very best. Like no one ever was. Uh, this is the week where we rank Shoto Todoroki. Like we've been teasing for like five weeks now. It's not quite that many. Shoto's great. He might be my favorite, my hero academia character. If I'm being completely honest, he's really solid. I do really like him. And I like how he's grown a lot from just being the, I'm the super competent, powerful person to, like, an actual character. Yeah. I don't think he's as good as Izuku, even if I like him a little more. I think... Yeah. Like, because Midoriya just has so many of those perfect shonen moments. Yeah. Where Shoto is, like, more reserved and a little bit more background. Yeah. There's... I mean, he's had his moments, but they're usually... A lot of them are actually usually with Izuku there, like, kind of goading him into it like this fight and then this fight spurns a lot of his other stuff like wow i've been an idiot i do think he's better than all might though yes which means he doesn't even have to compete against bakugo no he is the better rival character even though he's less of the typical rival yes he's definitely the better rival character especially because he's not he's not as antagonistic to midoriya and i like that kind of rival i'd like the rivalry where it's like i actually like the uh, you know, Asta rivalry where they're more, we're going to compete to see who's the wizard King first, not I'm going to beat you up and that will make me the wizard <laughs> King, which is kind of how Bakugo and Deku sometimes end up working out. You know, it's him screaming like fight me nerd. Yeah. Uh, at the top of his lungs. And On it's the like, other hand, that one fight they have is super good. It's, uh. I, it's amazing. It's not, it's not like I don't like Bakugo, but I like the rivalry where it's more of a friendship and it's kind of like a competition to be like, all right, who's going to become the best first? Not, all right, I'm going to beat you and that makes me better. So dead center between Midoriya and All Might, we have Yusuke Yurameshi from Yu Yu Hakusho. Who you know is my boy. Yes. I think I like Todoroki more. Honestly, Todoroki's got a bit more of a complexity to him. He does. Yusuke's got the complete arc, but I trust that Todoroki will have it. Yeah. I'm like, even now we're getting more Todoroki stuff currently. So I could totally see that, especially because we're spending so much time on Endeavor. Like, of course, Shoto is going to be having stuff happen in this arc. 
right above Yusuke is Usagi Tsukino, Sailor Moon. I don't think Todoroki's quite as good as Sailor Moon. I'll defer to your judgment on that. I'm not as big of a Sailor Moon guy, but that seems fine to me. Okay, so Shoto Todoroki will round out our top five, going above Yusuke Yurameshi, knocking him out, and below Usagi Tsukino. And he also knocks Bakugo out of the top ten. So we only have three My Hero characters in the top ten. Yes. Yeah, so pretty good showing from Shoto. That's pretty much where I expected him to go, honestly. He's really, really good. Yep. And that will do it for this week. Again, next week, we will be reading Volume 6 of My Hero Academia, since we'll be reading that all November long. Until then, our opening theme is Fighting Against One's Will by Midair Machine. Our closing theme is A Psychic Fist Fight by Tom W. Emeritt. Other music on the show is by Spectacular Sound Productions. And our album art is by Kate Wind on DeviantArt. If you like the podcast, we'd really appreciate a five-star review on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice that helps other people find the show, especially if they're looking for My Hero Academia stuff, and they might be right now. Kevin, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Well, so if we seem distracted next week, it's because Pokemon Sword and Shield are coming out. That's true. So that that might be a cause to why we seem a bit distracted. Should we do a mulligan and read some more Pokemon adventures next week? I don't think we should. No. But I do have the box set, so it would be easy for me. All right. So we'll see you guys next week. Have a good one. Stop.